Well, thanks so much, Nick, for that uh, introduction and that prayer. We're going to dive into the Word of God right now, and so I want you to get your Bibles out. Um, but, but there's something that I've been quite concerned about, something that actually I've been, I've been hearing a little bit, and, and I'm a little bit concerned with, with what I've been hearing. I, and, and I just want to be a bit honest with you this morning, just to share some of my kind of concerns. And, and one of the things that I'm concerned about is when I hear people say that their English team that they support is Arsenal and their Spanish team that they support is Barcelona. I, I don't understand that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. To me, it don't make no sense. Like, the truth is, is like, what if those two teams meet? What are you going to do? Like, are you going to want a draw? Like, surely you're not, because the team you support, you, you want them to win. And I know you're thinking, Jerome, I think, I know you're thinking... I really thought you were actually were going to say something serious, but it's actually quite serious to me. I'm just letting you know that. But, but I, I don't like fence sitters. That's what I don't like. I don't like people who don't make a clear-cut decision. I, I just don't like it. Like, you must have had those times. You know when you go out to dinner and the waiter comes to your table and he gives you the menu and you begin to choose what you're going to eat? And so you have the conversation and you talk and all of those different things. And then the waiter comes back and he says, are you ready to order your food? And everybody kind of, they look around at each other and they say, yeah, yeah, we're ready. But there's always that one person, the one person that is not ready to eat. And I don't understand because I've come to this restaurant, my belly is empty and I want to eat food. And right now you are being an enemy of progress. I don't understand that. Why can't you just pick what you want? To eat, I, I really don't like fence sitters. You know those people, I don't know if it's the burger or the salmon. Listen, just eat the food. It don't matter what you order. I really don't like it. And listen, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, Jerome, those two things are very jovial and very light things. And they are. But the truth is, is this, it's really hard for us to get through life without making clear-cut decisions. It's really hard for us to, to, to get through the, the day without making really clear decisions. Hey, whether they be big or whether they be small, we are always forced to make decisions. Man, I think about Easter and the fact that Easter is coming. Listen, the premiership has been postponed. Euro 2020 has been pushed to the next year. But the truth that Jesus died and rose again, that he stepped into humanity, that he died a sinner's death so that we could have freedom, that we could have life and life to the full, that's not postponed. That's not been cancelled. And Easter is something that we are going to celebrate as a church. So I just want to put that in there so, so we understand. But when I think about Jesus, he is the type of person or, or he is a person who you have to make a decision about. Man, he forces you to make a decision about him. He doesn't enforce a decision upon you, but he does force you to make a decision about him, whether it be positive or negative. Jesus is somebody that you cannot sit on the fence with. You're either for him or you're against him. There, there is no kind of middle ground when it comes to making a decision about Jesus. And we see this no better than in John 18 with the exchange between Pilate and Jesus. And I want us to turn to, chapter, to John chapter 18. And we're going to read a few, a few verses from that this morning. But I want to give you a little bit of background about where we're up to right now in John chapter 18. See, Jesus, he has had his, his religious trial. 
He's been in front of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and, and they have made a decision. Or Sorry, not the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. And they have made a decision that he is guilty. They've gone through everything and they've made a decision to say, hey, no, 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 Jesus is guilty and we want to execute him. But, but in Rome, for there to be an execution, the Roman Empire had to give it the okay, had to give it that, that seal of approval. Hey, teenagers, you, you know what it's like. You, you know when, hey, when you want money, you know the parent to go to because they are the ones that give you that seal of approval. You know when you go to mom and you say, hey, mom, can I have some money, please? And, uh, and they said, hey, no, go ask your father. Or, or when you want to go out somewhere, you say, uh, you go, dad, can I go out somewhere? And they always like, go ask your mother. Why? Because the person, the final person, has the final say on the decision that you want. And that's exactly what they were doing with Jesus. They were taking him to Pilate because Pilate was going to be the place where the final decision on whether Jesus was going to be executed or not was going to happen. And so he takes them, they take him to Pilate and, and we're going to read from, from verse 29. We're just going to read a few verses this morning, but we're going to read from verse 29. And here where it says, it says, So Pilate the governor went out to them and asked them, well, go on, Bridget. What are you saying? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Relax. I'm just making sure you guys are listening. But effectively, he said to them, what is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he wasn't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law. Only the Romans, as I said, remember I said it was only the Romans that could uh, uh, legal, that could uh, allow a, an execution to happen legally. So it says this, only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jews, Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought with him. And he asked him this question, are you the king of the Jews. I just want to pause there really quickly because I don't know if you've ever been asked a loaded question. I, 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 let me tell you what a loaded question is. Growing up, uh, when I was with my friends, with my boys, and, and, and for us, when we were growing up, chicken was gold. Like, like if we went out and we ate, like chicken was like, it, it was treasure to us, yeah? Like how toilet roll is now, chicken was like that to us then. And I, and I remember there'll be times where we'll be sitting around and, and you'll come to the last piece of chicken and you would ask the question, hey, is anybody going to eat that piece of chicken? That's a loaded question. See, because you're not asking because you want information. You're asking because there is a specific answer that you want from people. Hey, man, if you're a man and you're watching this, you know that you've been asked potentially a loaded question by your wife or your girlfriend or another female. They've asked you, hey, how do I look in this? That is a loaded question. Hey, you know it's a loaded question because you know that there is a specific answer that they want. They don't want your opinion. They don't want your kind of your general feel. There is a specific answer that, you, that they want from you. That is a loaded question. And that is what Pilate asked Jesus. He asked him a loaded question. He says, are you, you, the king of the Jews? Because he knows that if he says, if Jesus says, yes, I am the king of the Jews, he knows he's got him. He knows that actually, if Jesus says, I'm the king of the Jews, it means in Rome, in the Roman Empire, they believed that Caesar was God. 
They believed that Caesar was divine. And so the moment Jesus says, yes, I am the king of the Jews, he begins to pit himself up against Caesar. And Pilate knows that's not good for his job, that's not good for his PR, that's not good for his political campaign. So he would then legally say, this man needs to be executed. But I love Jesus' response. He, he hears this really loaded question given to him, and I love his response. And I'm just saying this, yeah. I know if I'm being inter- interrogated, all right, if I'm being questioned, I'm trying to give the answer that makes it the outcome most favorable to me. Like, I remember when I was growing up, and my dad would ask me questions if I've done something wrong. And I know that in that moment, I'm trying to think in my brain what is the answer that I think he wants me to tell him so that I can not, do you know what I mean, experience the ministry of laying on of hands. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it that's going to get me out of that kind of thing? And, and it's really funny because now with my own kids and when I ask Josh questions about stuff maybe he's done wrong and I'm questioning him, I can see it going around in his head and he's kind of thinking, what is it that, that I need to say that will make this outcome really favourable? But Jesus doesn't really consider that. Because actually when we, when we continue to read, he, he turns around and he says, to him, he says to him, amazing, he says, that's what you say. That's what you're saying. You're saying about me that I am the king of the Jews. One commentator said this, it was almost like with that response, Jesus was throwing the ball back in the court of Pilate. Say, hey, no, Is that the decision you're coming to about me? Is that the the, the conclusion you're coming to about me? See, here's the thing about our God. Here's the thing about about Jesus. He's not really solely concerned about uh, what he says about himself. Everything he said about himself, he did it first. Say his actions, they speak so much louder than his words. See, every single eye that was healed was him declaring about himself that he was a healer. Every single dead son that was raised from the dead and their life completely turned around, he was saying that the resurrection of life comes through him. Every single person that had an issue, whether you had an issue of blood for 12 years or you had a daughter who had died who was 12 years old and Jesus stepped into that situation and he turned it around, he was declaring about himself that he is the one that can turn impossible situations into possible situations. He is the one that can change darkness into light. He is the one that can bring hope in a hopeless situation. His actions spoke louder than his words. He doesn't have to say it about himself. He just does it through his actions and that declares, that declares something about him. See, he's not really concerned about what he says about himself, but he is concerned about the decision you make about him. See, he is concerned about what you say about him. He is focused on the conclusion that you come to about him. And the question I want to ask you today is this, what's the decision you're going to make when it comes to Jesus in your life? See, I want to let you know this morning that way before you made a decision about Jesus, or way before you even thought about making a decision about Jesus, he made a decision about you. See, hey, 
way before the foundations of the earth, he made a decision that he was going to step into humanity because he saw the plight of humanity. He saw how far we were from God. He saw the prison we were in. He saw the weight of sin, death, and the grave that was placed around the neck of humanity. And he said, I'm going to step into human flesh and I'm going to take on the sins of the world, past, present, and future. And I am going to die on a cross, even though I'd done no wrong. And three days later, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to rise again and give every single person an opportunity to, to life and life to the full by putting their faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's the decision he made. And what's so amazing is that he didn't make that decision based upon your performance. He didn't make that decision based upon the good things you've done or the bad things you've done or having a great day or having a rubbish day or whether you're holy or whether you're not holy. No, no, no. He made the decision based on his love because his love is unchanging. His love is relentless. His love is faithful. And he's saying to you, I made a decision about you based on my love for you way before you're making a decision about me. See, that is the God that we serve. That's the type of Jesus, that's the type of person that Jesus is. That's the grace that is offered to humanity. But now the ball is in our court. See, now he's saying to us, I don't deal with fence sitters. I don't deal with people that actually just want to sit on the fence. You need to make a decision. Am I king or am I not? Am I the one that you're going to serve or am I the one that you're just going to move to the side? Take Pilate was really trying his hardest to play a political game. But Jesus really was playing the personal game. And when we continue in the story of John and we go over to, to verse 38 and Pilate asked this question. He says, what is truth? It's almost like for a moment in the exchange that Jesus and Pilate are having that maybe something of what Jesus was saying was touching somewhere in Pilate's heart. It's almost like there had been all of the searching, all of the political games that he had done, all of the ducking and the diving that Pilate might have done to get to that position and all the significance he wanted to experience. He was then presented with a man that was saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. And he was asking, what is this truth? But as we read, it says this, then he went out again to the people and told them he is not guilty of any crime. See, here's the thing. Pilate had a chance to make a decision to say, not only is he not guilty, but he's somebody that I'm going to follow. Hey man, that was Pilate's opportunity. And whether you like it or not, Pilate made a decision. He made a decision to allow that moment to pass him by to not make the most of the moment that Jesus was providing for him. Hey, this wasn't about a trial for Jesus. This was another soul that needed saving in front of him, that was confused, that didn't know what they really wanted, didn't know what they really needed. And he was trying to communicate in a very clever way to Pilate to say, hey, I'm the person that you've been searching for. Hey, this morning Jesus is saying to you, I'm the person that you have been searching for. I'm the person that you have been yearning for. 
I am the person that can give you the life that you have always wanted. A life where you find belonging and significance and that you are a child of God where you are secure because your foundations are not built on the sand that is this earth, but it is built on the kingdom of God and the rock that is Jesus. He's asking you today, hey, what decision are you going to make about me? You might be watching this this morning and you're saying to yourself, hey, Jay, I'm, I'm already a Christian. The Bible makes it very clear that it's a daily decision to pick up our cross. It's a daily decision to say, Jesus, I'm following you and you are the Lord of my life. It's a daily decision that we have to make to say, you are king of my world. In this time of fear, in this time of anxiety, all the stuff that's going on, it's a daily decision, believers, that we have to make the moment we wake up to say, Jesus, it's your word. It's your word that I'm going to stand on. It's your promises that I'm going to stand on. Because I know that what you did on the cross for me was enough. But you might be watching this this morning, and actually you're far from God. Actually, you're watching this and you know maybe there was a time where you and Jesus were tight, but life got in the way. That stuff happened. That you made some decisions in your life that took you away from the person you knew you were supposed to be. That actually, for you, you know right now that you're not living the life that God wants you to live. I want to let you know and give you some hope this morning that today you can make a decision that will change the rest of your life. Today you can make a decision to follow Jesus and to accept him as your Lord and as your Saviour. And your life, it will never be the same. Jesus will transform you and change you from the inside out. And you will almost be unrecognisable because there will be a hope that you cling to that is heavier than any hope that this world could ever give to you. So if that's you this morning, if you're saying, hey Jay, I, I, I want that, I, I, I want to accept Jesus, I want to turn away from trying to be the King and the Lord of my own life, and I want to surrender that into the hands of God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, then in a moment, we're going to pray. But for all those Christians out there that are saying, hey, Jay, right now I'm wavering. Right now I'm, I, I, I'm struggling. And I kind of want to reaffirm the decision that Jesus, the decision I made many years ago that, that Jesus is Lord. If that's you right now, I want to pray for you. So let's just bow our heads and, and let's close up. If you're a Christian, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes because I just want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, God, for every believer, Lord, every Jesus follower out there, Lord, who at this time, Lord, they might be wavering. At this time, they might be struggling, Lord. But right now, they want to make a decision, Lord, to reaffirm the fact that you are the Lord of their life, to reaffirm that you are the king of their world, Lord. 
Father, they are not going to be fence-sitters, Lord. They're not going to be people that are one foot in and one foot out, Lord, but they are all in, Lord. They are making a decision about you and how good you are and how great you are and that you are the king of their world, Lord God. Father, give them supernatural courage. Give them supernatural motivation, Lord, to keep them going, Lord, on their journey. Holy Spirit, Lord, speak to them and keep them, Lord, as they walk on their journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And actually, if you're out there and you're a part of that second group, actually, you're, you're not a Jesus follower. You're not someone that knows God. And right now, you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Then I, I want you to, to repeat after me. And, and what's going to happen is this. Every other Christian that is watching this right now I want you to repeat after me. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be some people that make a decision to come into the family of God. And almost our prayer together is almost like that, that clap and that kind of, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, applause of them coming into the, the kingdom of heaven. And so where you are right now, okay, I want you to repeat after me. Everybody, but specifically those that are saying, I want to turn my life to Jesus. I want to give him my life 100% and I want to become a follower of Jesus. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I am sorry for being the king of my world. I am sorry for trying to, to live my own life my way. And I surrender to you. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. And I commit my life to you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I'm telling you right now, you have made the best decision you could ever make. I, if I could be with you and if I could give you a hug, well, maybe I couldn't give you a hug, but like a Bluetooth high five, all that type of stuff, I would. But I'm telling you, you have made the best decision that you could ever make on this planet. I'm telling you, Jesus is so much better than you even know. Hey, this thing, Christianity, it's not about blessings and big cars and whatnot but it's about significance and belonging and knowing that your life is secure in the hands of your heavenly father. And I want you to know those truths this morning. Hey, we don't want to be a people that are fence sitters. We want to be a people that make a clear decision about Jesus. So if you decided this morning to follow Jesus, this is what I want you to do. We want to connect with you here at Emmanuel Church online. So hey, I need you to go to our website, www.epchurchaog.com okay it will come somewhere on the screen or it will probably be in the description and I want you to go onto that uh, website that's our website and then click on the I said yes button and that will take you to a, a space and a group where we will contact you and we'll just talk you through just the, the next few steps of the decision that you have made but church I am so pumped and I am so excited that people this morning, wherever they are in their own homes, have made decisions to follow Jesus. And that is something that we need to be encouraged by and we need to celebrate. Well, guys, it's been an honour for me to share the word of God with you this morning. And I want you to be encouraged this week. Whatever is coming your way, whatever you're dealing with, I'm telling you, Jesus, life with Jesus is better than life without him. And so church... I want you to stay blessed. I want you to make sure you 
Get into the Life Connect groups as well. Don't forget that. But church, have an amazing week and we'll see you next week.